Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning and welcome to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight and bring awareness to people and organizations that are making a difference in the lives of others, with the hope that our listeners will be inspired to find a way to make a difference themselves. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. I think everyone would agree with me that living a healthy lifestyle, including eating a healthy diet, practicing self-care emotionally, physically, and mentally, with plenty of active physical movement, is so important to overall health. But for people with disabilities, making a change to their overall health and physical activity, that can present extra levels of difficulty. Having a disability is defined as a physical or mental condition that limits a person's movements, senses, or activities. Now, according to the American Physical Therapy Association, around 56 million people in the United States have a disability. Those living with a disability, they have a choice whether they want to be active or not. If they choose to be, they can do so in different ways. And one way is through adaptive sports competitive or recreational sports for people with disabilities. So your organization is relatively new. It was founded in 2015. Can you share a bit about how you were founded? You know, what is the Wisconsin Adaptive Sports Association, or WASA, and why do you matter? Sure. We were founded by a parent. Um, There was a family in Brookfield. They had a daughter who was diagnosed with a rare um, cancer, a Ewing sarcoma, and this prevented her from competing and playing in sports. Throughout her life, she had been an athlete. Um, She was 13 years old at the time of her diagnosis, and, you know, sports were everything to her. It was her identity, uh, and losing that opportunity to play was more traumatic, actually, than the cancer itself. So while she was recovering, her family uh, took it upon themselves to find some adaptive sports in the greater Milwaukee area. And through that process, it, it was very challenging. Few existed. The sports that were around were loosely organized. Um, so she teamed up with a veteran um, who was involved, the chief of spinal cord injury at the VA, who was very active in adaptive sports. And together, they found um, five different sports. And um, this family's daughter eventually found a wheelchair basketball team. And funny, she was very reluctant to go the first time. And one practice in, she was hooked (laughs) and eventually became a collegiate athlete um, with a full scholarship at the University of Illinois. Wow. Wow. And so... WASA, if you can dive into that a little bit more, we're going to call it WASA, but that again is Wisconsin Adaptive Sports Association. Why do you think you matter? Well, we we started as this conglomerate of five. Um, we founded these five sports and put them under one umbrella just to help sustain it, um, to protect it for the future, and to become more efficient, share resources. We matter because we provide access we give people the opportunity to be mobile. We provide, through these adaptive sports, the mobility 
people need. We're, we actually often say we're another pair of shoes. Mm. We provide sports wheelchairs for our athletes. We provide adaptive equipment. So this is their way to compete. We also provide access to the leagues, the adaptive sports leagues. Some play recreationally, some play competitively. We have teams that might travel throughout the United States to compete in tournaments. We've won seven national championships. On the flip side, we'll have kids who are just there coming to practice and and may not want to go to the game. Okay. So it, it's there's something for everyone, but it's all about what's right for you, and we provide the resources to get there. Mm. I'd love to ask that young girl that you talked about, you know, why does Wausau matter? I bet she'd have a real, real story to tell, right? Um, you recently changed your mission statement. Why? Yes. Um, we were known as... Um, a collaboration of adaptive sports. And yes, that was more of a strategy than actually the impact we were making. What we found in the last few years is our impact is far far beyond the sport. It's the mental health benefits. Mm -hmm. It's the um, overcoming social isolation. It's the peer. It's the friendship. It's for kids, it's coming back to school on a Monday and talking about the same club sport experience as their peers. And so we found that we were much more than just sports. We are improving health, rehabilitation, independence, and quality of life outcomes for people with physical disabilities throughout southeastern Wisconsin through the power of adaptive sports, recreation, and education. Wow. Well, that's that's a great mission right there. Um, I understand that you have a strong relationship with veterans. So how did this begin, and why is this so important to our region? Yes, the, the veteran impact and the veteran partnership is, is key to our programming. Dr. Ken Lee, who is the chief of spinal cord injury at the VA, was one of our co-founders, and he's also been instrumental in innovative ways to bring veterans to adaptive sports and rehabilitation. Um, He and our team have helped found different adaptive sports groups in different cities throughout the Midwest. He's very involved with wheelchair lacrosse right now, but we have over half of our um, athletes right now are veterans, and they, all the way up to age 85, they are competing for a lifetime. Wow. And it's because of the additional services we provide. Um, again, the, the peer relationships, um, the ability to, to travel and compete in high stakes games and, and actually you know win national championships. So that veteran relationship is really important to us. And again, it's part of the rehabilitation for many. Oh, I imagine. I mean, I bet they feel included in something, uh, in a team or a camaraderie that perhaps they felt when they were serving. Um, Besides veterans benefiting from your programs, and I understand that most of uh, uh, your membership base or your people you serve are veterans, but who from our community benefits most from your programs and services, aside from the veterans, and, and why? Well, of course, any child any youth, adult with a physical disability, and there's a wide range. It's everything from spina bifida to cerebral palsy to a maybe a traumatic brain injury. Um, there's a wide range of disabilities. But I think 
we talk a lot about families and the impact we make on families. The family becomes part of our team. Uh, they're involved in the games, the tournaments, the practices. There's lots of family engagement. And in one of our recent surveys, a family wrote, you know, this is great for our daughter, but it's really great for our family. And we take a lot of pride in that. They're part of our organization. You know, physical therapists benefit from what we do because they can see a patient or a client and say, hey, have you ever thought about playing an adaptive sport as part of your rehabilitation? It would be a fun way to move and increase your, you know, your stamina, your strength. So they're a really key partner for us as well. Mm. Not to mention their mental state, right? I imagine it, that's a big piece. Absolutely is. Yeah. Um, well, what other ways are you making an impact on the greater Milwaukee community? We have several initiatives right now. Um, we're always reaching out to veterans, um, trying to increase our exposure to them and awareness so that they can participate we're, we're making a real heavy push in the city of Milwaukee um, because we have found um, many of the kids living there are not aware of our programs and they're not aware that they can um, have access to a wheelchair through our programming. So we're trying to introduce them to just basic movement. We know that not everyone wants to play an adaptive sport. So we're, we're kind of shifting gears and saying, hey, let's start with some movement play, and um, we're working with Milwaukee Recreation, MPS, some nonprofit organizations serving youth in Milwaukee, where we can reach out and find the kids who might really benefit from our services, and we're making a real concerted effort there to increase um, their activity and just give them an opportunity mm. to play. The other area, we're um, starting to reach out to a lot of park and recreation departments. They um, typically don't offer adaptive sports. They'll offer therapeutic recreation, which is great. They modify activities. But we can come in and actually offer the sport league, and um, they can outsource that to us. Oh, nice. Very nice. Well, we understand, and I've actually said this many times on the show, that partnerships are a big reason why many nonprofits exist and do the great work that they do. Uh, we're actually going to take a quick break, but when we return, Sharon is going to tell us about their other partnerships and why they're so important to their participants and their athletes. So we'll be right back after a short commercial break. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community. With your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community. I'm talking today with Sharon Rohde from Wausau, Wisconsin Adaptive Sports Association. So I said before the break that I've stated many times before how partnerships are a big reason why nonprofits exist. And Wausau has some great examples of that, some of them you shared, Sharon, in the previous segment. But tell us about your other partnerships and why do you think they're so important to your participants and your athletes? Our partnerships are critical. Um, not only do they provide resources and manpower vis-a-vis -a, -vis a volunteer, but they really help us um, establish a platform for adaptive sports. It levels the playing field, if you will, and gives us an opportunity to have inclusive programming. 
Um, we have a partnership, for example, with the Milwaukee Admirals, and they allow us to come in and do sled hockey demonstrations. Sled hockey is played, obviously, on ice on a sled. And we've had a couple kids join our program because they were at an Admirals game, and they were they saw it and they experienced it, and then they joined our team, which is great. Um, they they basically give us a platform to say we are in the same lane as other sports. We just have different modifications to play. Marquette University, the men's and women's basketball team, are partners and. They provide volunteers. They're attending our Big Cheese Basketball Tournament. The Green Bay Packers Foundation is involved with us from a funding standpoint. We have the Wausau Green Bay Packers, which is a really fun partnership for us. We also partner with school districts and health care providers, again, some park and recreation departments. And at the university level, Carroll University, Marquette, you know, they we um, work with them in terms of training physical therapists so that students can see the benefit of adaptive sports, again, towards that rehabilitation. Those are great, great partnerships. And again, I think they just are an extension of the wonderful services that you provide. And it's great that you have all those things available. So why do you think that, so aside from the things that you provide, why do you think so few opportunities for physical activity and adaptive sports and recreation exist for people with physical disabilities? The cost is a huge factor. The cost of an adaptive sports chair customized is over $3,000. The cost for transportation, a modified vehicle, uh, it just makes it very challenging to attend a practice or a tournament or a game. And many parks and recreation departments, YMCAs, just having that funding to provide the league access and make all of those accommodations, it it's very challenging. And for the families themselves, um, sports and recreation aren't necessarily covered by insurance. Oh, so okay. we fill that gap. That's where our adaptive equipment, we have four trailers full of wheelchairs, sports chairs, and by bringing them to every practice and game, the kids, the adults, they can use the chairs that we are providing, and that gives them the mobility they need to play the sport. Okay, okay. Well, I've been on your website. It's a great website, lots of great information. I saw the word try it on your website. So what's a try it? <laughs> it guess what it is. <laughs> we just coined that phrase because we were getting a lot of requests and we would be talking to different physical therapy clinics, and they're like, the kids, they, we talk about it. They just want to try it. So we're like, okay, maybe we have something here. So we developed a program. It's two, three hours. We bring our equipment, all of our adaptive equipment. We bring our coaches. Um, in fact, Coach Jordan, who was recently recognized by the Positive Coaching Alliance as one of the top finalists for Coach of the Year. He wow. is the right. one who facilitates our triads, and the kids and adults alike love him. We come in and we allow people, people with disabilities, able-bodied persons, 
to get in chairs and try different adaptive sports. Oh, fun. And people who you think might be able to make the basket aren't <laughs> as as good as they think they are. <laughs> it's and a humbling experience for some. <laughs> and some of our, our athletes will have to remind them how to score a basket by rolling and using the momentum of the chair to score the point. <laughs> But it allows their two to three hours. We um, we host them in different locations. All are welcome. We'd love to see you there. Uh, you can register on our website. So you provide these services in different locations, you said. Do you have like a home location that people can go to? I oh. love that you asked me that question. Okay. <laughs> that's That's our vision for the next three to five years. We are looking at land right now, and our goal within the next five years is to to build a facility with land around it that is accessible, that will have two basketball courts and level space around it for our, our wheelchair football, our wheelchair softball. Um, it will have some tennis courts for wheelchair tennis. We also have a tennis program. And then the indoor space can be used for goalball, which is a program for those with visual impairment. And we aim to host all of our practices there, host our triads there, um, and that, that's in the game plan for the three- to five-year mark for us. Okay. Well, you kind of answered what I was thinking my next question would be, and that is <laughs> what's, what do you see uh, for the future? So aside from these locations, is there anything else that um, maybe a vision that you have for people with disabilities for the next 10 years? Yes. I love that question. Um, as an organization, we want to create greater access, access to overall health. We want to be viewed as an organization that doesn't doesn't just look at the physical um, abilities and the physical um, benefits of sports, but the mental, the emotional mm. benefits, the social inclusion, the community inclusion. We want to be known as the organization that has full accessibility and full inclusion. Mm. And anyone can come and play with us. Oh, nice. Yeah, everybody's welcome to join the team, right? Yes. That's nice. What are some ways then that the community can engage? Because we we want to inspire people. We want to impact people. So if we have listeners, uh, our audience listening, and they say, I want to do something, I want to get involved somehow, some way, give us some ideas on how the community can engage with WASA. We always need volunteers, and you can check our website for opportunities there. We also have a, the largest wheelchair basketball tournament in the Midwest, and that's coming up in the winter. You can check our website for more information. We'd love for you to come and watch, cheer our teams on. We have everything from the recreational to the Paralympian athlete at those events, and they're, they lend for some really exciting basketball. Um, if you're working for a business, um, are, what are your hiring practices? Take a look inside. Is there a veteran or a person with a disability applying for a job that, um, you know, when when our athletes come and they play sports, we have found that um, their absenteeism, absenteeism goes down. Sports just brings about a bet, you know, it improves their their sense of well-being in the community, and that applies to their job as well. So hire someone. Um, if you want to come and get involved in a triad, you can either 
sit in a chair and try it, or you can come again and cheer your fellow community residents on. So our, all of that information is on our website, and we'd love to see you at an event. Wonderful. Well, that's all great. And as we said, you want to check the website for details. What is that website? www.wasa.org. Okay, that's easy. WASA.org. Do you have a Facebook page? We do. We have a okay. Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter. Okay. So I imagine if you just Google WASA, you'd come up with some. And it's all on the website. Okay, wonderful. Super. Well, thank you so much, Sharon, for being here today and representing WASA, the Wisconsin Adaptive Sports Association. I encourage our listeners to go out and check it out. Thank you. The pleasure was mine. Thank you. A recent study shows that nearly 1 in 50 people are living with the disability of paralysis, approximately 5.4 million people. That's the same number of people as the combined populations of Los Angeles, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C. And that number is nearly 40% higher than previous estimates showed. Number of veterans with a service-connected disability is 3.4 million. So stay tuned to hear from another nonprofit that works with paralyzed veterans and learn about the various ways that they are helping to provide support. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community. I'm your host, Jill Economo. And my next guest today is Scott Griffith, Relations Director and Treasurer from the Paralyzed Veterans of America, Wisconsin chapter. Welcome to the show today, Scott. Thanks, Jill. Thanks for having us. You are welcome. So why don't you start by sharing a little history on the Paralyzed Veterans of America, or PVA, and who you serve? Absolutely. Um, the Paralyzed Veterans of America was founded back in 1946, kind of towards the end of World War II, um, which created a lot of uh, disabled, paralyzed veterans who were injured from combat. And these veterans were in the early VA hospitals, and they didn't know what to do with spinal cord injured vets in the 40s, so they put them in body cast and just kind of put them in a room and those veterans um, had a not so good fate because they developed pressure sores um, and then they got sepsis and then they passed away from those injuries. Mm -hmm. So it was the guys um, at that time, all guys, um, that kind of banded together and decided they really needed to advocate for better medical attention for spinal cord injured veterans returning from combat. And they got together and they formed this organization known today as Paralyzed Veterans of America. A little bit uh, further down the road in the mid-80s, the um, organization grew so large that the state started splitting off and developing their own chapters. And the Wisconsin chapter was founded in the uh, mid-1980s. And we've been serving veterans here in Wisconsin, uh, veterans living with MS, ALS, and also spinal cord injured and um, diseases as well. Like myself, I have a spinal cord disease because I have a cancerous tumor inside my spinal cord. Mm. And and I know this because we had an opportunity to talk prior to this interview. And so you're uh, a really good, your story is a good one to share because I think it gives people hope. Uh, it inspires people. Um, so 
first of all, thank you for your service. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, tell us, explain a little bit more about what your role is with PVA Wisconsin. Absolutely. So I started about seven years ago. Uh, my mentor at that time was a gentleman by the name of Gus Sorensen, who performed the government relations and advocacy functions for the chapter. And Gus kind of took me under his wings and took me to uh, Washington, D.C. to meet our legislators in Washington, D.C. and kind of give me the, um, you know, down and dirty on how legislation gets introduced and passed for veterans' benefits, um, as well as uh, here at the state as well. And Gus was a great um, a great mentor. We lost him a couple of years ago, um, just before COVID started. Um, my capacity has grown since that time. Obviously, um, there's been some attrition in the chapter, um, so I've covered down a lot of the different aspects of running a nonprofit and kind of fell into the chief operations officer role, which covers many things. Um, but I've also served as the board treasurer for the past, I think, past five years now. So many roles, but with small nonprofits, it uh, it takes a lot to keep things rolling. Um, you do what you need to do, right? Absolutely. Exactly. Um, well, why do you choose to volunteer. So you've got a number of different roles within the organization, but why did you choose to get involved in the first place? Great question. You know, when I was first injured, um, I was injured through surgery, um, operating on my spinal cord tumor, and I was introduced to the Spinal Cord Injury Center at the Milwaukee VA Hospital, oh my goodness, probably 14 years ago, and I really didn't want anything to do with any veteran service organization at that time because I was really consumed with my own personal injuries and the journey that I was going through. And then as I continued through my journey with cancer and the cancer treatments and the multiple surgeries and kind of rehabbed myself out of a wheelchair, I decided that, you know, I was blessed to be alive and it's time to get back. And I was fortunate to walk in the hospital and walk out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. And there are many veterans men and women who, who cannot. Um, so I decided to volunteer my time with this organization that takes care of paralyzed veterans here in Wisconsin. Mm. Now, you you've grew up military, right? I did, absolutely. Thank you. Great, um, great question. I'm, I'm blessed to be uh, part of a great military lineage that goes all the way back to the mid-1700s. Um, every grandfather, so I'm the eighth generation to serve in combat, Every grandfather going back all the way through to the Revolutionary War, um, starting wow. with Major General Humphrey Atherton in Boston, Massachusetts. Wow, what a lineage there. <laughs> it is. My um, my sister did the Ancestry uh, DNA, and we got all the records, and um, the military does a phenomenal job of, of, of keeping track of service members. Mm. And I think you told me once that um, that you like to tell people that every day is a bonus, right? And not to take your health for granted. Absolutely. Absolutely. As I sit here today, I'm, I'm blessed, very blessed to be alive. I think I've defied death quite a few times and um, I've, um, I've had multiple surgeries uh, removing uh, the cancerous tumor inside my spinal cord. Um, I had radiation therapy at a, a maximum cord dose plus a 500 boost in 1999, which kind of eradicated all the lymph nodes in my neck area. So later in life, I developed a throat cancer 
Oh, my goodness. Um, kind of as a residual or secondary effect of that radiation therapy back in the late 90s. And I tell people every day that every day is, is a bonus. I'm blessed to be here. Don't take your health for granted. If you can make a small difference in someone's life, do it. You know, think before you speak. A lot of people like myself have invisible disabilities. And just because you can see them and they're not in a wheelchair doesn't mean that they're not dealing with something um, kindness and consideration go a long way, especially in today's culture. Yeah, I, I agree. And I've, I've heard it said that kindness is like snow. It makes everything it covers beautiful. I like that. Right? I like that. Right. So um, it's wonderful to get to know you better, Scott, in your personal story. Because as we say, uh, letting our listeners know uh, the personal story behind the person speaking just gives them a little perspective, right, and helps them understand what you've been through and, and why you do what you do and why you're involved. That's why we asked these questions that, that we did. Um, but we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, though, we're going to talk a little bit more about the services that Paralyzed Veterans provides and also talk about the membership program. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach. And in this last segment, I'm talking with, uh, again, with Scott Griffith, Relations Director and Treasurer, board member, volunteer. Extraordinary. <laughs> <every>, exactly. <laughs> the running, uh, uh, running the organization from Paralyzed Veterans of America, the Wisconsin chapter. So, Scott, give us an idea of what some of the services that PVA Wisconsin provides, and then how does your membership program work? Sure. We have five core programs that kind of provide the overarching support or framework for our mission statement. Um, advocacy and government relations, which are near and dear to my heart. Research and education, adaptive sports, quality health care and benefits, and then membership and outreach. So all of our micro programs fall under those core program areas. As far as membership and who can be a member, any U.S. citizen um, who's honorably discharged from the United States Armed Forces and suffers from a spinal cord injury, disease, MS, or ALS, can apply for membership to any PVA chapter. Um, hopefully all the Wisconsin you know, veterans will join the Wisconsin chapter because we are the best hands down. <laughs> and uh, we have a lot of, um, of great services that we um, provide these members. When they are a new injury, you know, like myself, you're really consumed with your personal journey through your injury, and we try not to, you know, interrupt that process with them and their caregiver, but we try to give them things to help support them. And while they're at the hospital, we introduce them to caregiver support, caregiver respite, um, an emergency grab-and-go bag. We start having those conversations, not just with the veteran, but with the family about emergency preparedness with their new injury and what that looks like. Hmm. And you said adaptive sports is one of the uh, services that you provide, given the fact that we just talked to WASA. Um, do you have experience in that area? We have quite a bit of experience in that area. A lot of people are very familiar with the Invictus Games because of Prince Harry 
and his initiative over the last couple of years. But for the last 46 years, PVA has been holding the National Veteran Wheelchair Games, which is like the Olympics, but for wheelchair athletes. So every sport from fencing to basketball to volleyball to track and field, swimming, bocce ball, Pickleball now is a thing, mm-hmm. a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, um, I don't get that one. I don't get a chance to play. But I know there's a new one, but a new court by us, so I know it's popular. It's coming. It's everywhere. So any sport that um, an athlete can compete in, um, in the Olympics, we've modified or adapted somehow so that these veterans can continue to participate in those sports that may have been their passion before their injury. If not, they get introduced after their injury Um, as a rec therapy outlet and just to get them involved and let them know that they can be part of a team, be part of something bigger and still participate in these activities. And you've been involved in some of them as well, haven't you? I have. I competed in the air rifle program last year, medaled for my first time. So I was happy. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. Happy about that. Um, (laughs) Bocce ball. I got my butt handed to me by some very good (laughs) athletes. Um, and I also competed in uh, field events, um, which is which is something different because even as a more able-bodied, paralyzed veteran, they strap us into what they call a throwing chair, and then you're strapped in and you throw from the sitting position in, in a chair. Ooh, quite a unique experience. I, I bet that's tough. It yeah. is. Yeah. It, it really is. But these games have been going on for a last a long time. And last year we sent about 20 veterans to Tempe, Arizona, in July. Hot as Hades, you know, 110 degrees in the shade. Oh, my. And we were at Arizona State University, and um, we had a good time. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I bet you have some really exciting stories about some of your members. We do. We really are are blessed to have some rock star uh, members here in Wisconsin. Um, A a veteran who lives in northern Illinois, um, Noah Courier, uh, was involved in a motor vehicle accident while he was in, in service in the Marines. And received or, or in, incurred a spinal cord injury from that accident, and got into the VA healthcare system, and went through our PAVE program, which is kind of a um, um, employment mentorship program where they take someone from ground zero all the way through writing a business plan into starting their own business. And Noah started his own nonprofit called Oscar Mike, um, which is on the move. Um, and is very successful with with that business, and he does a lot of high-adrenaline sports um, (laughs) for for the veterans that go down the NOAA's camp. If you want to do Olympic sports, come see us. If you want to jump out of an airplane, go see Noah. (laughs) If you want to do extreme sports. (laughs) Extreme sports, absolutely. Um, We have another uh, female veteran um, who has MS, and Leah... Um, did work for the VA. She's an Army veteran, and she was a rec therapist, and then she was diagnosed with MS and kind of went to a dark place, was depressed because she could no longer work and perform that capacity that she loved so much taking care of her fellow veterans. And then she got introduced to archery, and she went from novice to Paralympian in two years. Oh, wow. With archery, right? She did. She did. (laughs) She was out there representing, and she's still out there representing. Wow. So great, great, great athlete. And again, just the great success of what adaptive sports um, and rec therapy can do to a person 
who, who's injured, and their life has just been upended, and they don't know what to do. Right, right. Well, I'm curious, does PVA receive federal funding then, or, mm-hmm. or funding from the VA? Great question. A lot of people think because we have the, the initials VA in our acronym, PVA, that we are directly funded or associated with the VA. Um, we are not, and we do not receive any federal funding. Um, we receive a monthly grant from our national organization, and then everything else is funds raised right here in, in Wisconsin. Okay. Well, let's say somebody out there is listening and they say they want to volunteer. Um, what type of volunteer opportunities are there? We have many, many different types of volunteer opportunities. And because volunteering is kind of my passion, I think we like to assess the individual who wants to volunteer and try to align what they like to do with the volunteer opportunity. So if it's someone who likes administrative stuff, you know, if, if all they want to do is stuff envelopes, we've got a gig for you. If they want to help the athletes get into their chairs and out of their chairs and help run an adaptive sports boot camp, we provide that opportunity for them. If they're crafty and like to put together raffle baskets and, and help organize banquet, banquets and do registration tables, we have that opportunity. So again, we kind of have a, on our website, we have an intake form for volunteers and we, we allow them to kind of drive that train and tell us what they like to do. And then we try to align those opportunities for them. Okay. And they obviously don't need to be a veteran themselves. Yes, you want to be if you're, if you want to be a member, but if you want to volunteer. Anybody can volunteer. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. We even have kids that volunteer. They come with their parents, you know, for certain activities um, and volunteer. Um, one of our veterans um, has a really cool story. I'll tell you real quick. Um, Jeff um, was a mortarman in the Army and was deployed five times while on active duty to the current theater, to Afghanistan. And uh, as a mortarman squad leader, he was in charge of his squad and, and being out on patrols. And while on patrol, he and his platoon leader walked over an IED, and it did not go off, but it went off on his soldiers behind him, and, and they died in his arms. Oh, my goodness. And Jeff really, really struggles with, with survivor's guilt. And like many veterans, he didn't have the right support system in place and he went to that kind of a dark place and got into drugs and alcohol got discharged from the military and finally got into the VA healthcare system and got um was 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 getting help he attempted suicide became spinal cord injured was transferred to Milwaukee and got introduced to our chief of spinal cord injury and started talking about Legos and turned the man's life around with Legos. Legos became his new vice. And now every year we put on a big Lego display um, around May the 4th because the Star Wars theme, May the 4th be with you. Oh. <laughs> and um, we, we display several hundred Lego pieces that Jeff has assembled. And he works with the kids when the kids come out and they get to ask him you know, about his journey. And then he helps them build Lego Pinewood Derby cars, and they get to oh. race them down a little racetrack. Oh, wonderful! And they, they have so much fun, and he's he's so good with the kids. Oh wow! Well, if these stories aren't enough for people to just say, "I wanna, I wanna <laughs> get involved," or "I wanna donate somehow," I don't know what is. But why why should donors choose PVA Wisconsin to to donate to? 
We're very proud of the work that we do. We are a small nonprofit. Uh, we have over 260 members, and then we have close to 300 um, associate members. And the associate members are, are also veterans with other challenges and disabilities like amputees and things like that, but they're not spinal cord injured veterans. Um, but we support them in our programming too. Um, but again, you know, as the treasurer, I take our financial transparency very serious, and we're the only 501c3 veteran service organization in the entire state of Wisconsin to have the coveted four-star charity navigator rating. Congratulations. Um, thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. It was hard to get, and it's been hard to maintain. Um, and Charity Navigator has gone through some uh, evolution, or you know, they've evolved with the times and how they rate uh, certain charities. Um, but we are we're we're proud to to have that stamp of approval. We're proud to have the GuideStar Platinum Seal. We are BBB accredited, um, and it's great. You know, I can sit here and tell you PBA is just the greatest thing since sliced bread. Donate to us. But to have these charity watchdog organizations tell you that, yes, they are a good charity. They're doing good things with your with your donor dollars. Absolutely, because some people are concerned about that. As, as so, they should be. That, yeah. that, that's, that's very important. So those are the informed donors that, that we like to have. Um, you know, help us build a legacy. Help us. Uh, we have endowment accounts. Help us, you know, pad those endowment accounts so that this legacy continues for years to come. Absolutely. Well, what's the best way? For people to donate it depends on how they want to donate we really have kind of like volunteer opportunities we have donation opportunities um, for just about anybody and everybody um, i'm going to go speak with a church um, a couple of sundays from now in greendale that they're doing a giving tree for for the holidays where the um, the church members can take the ornament off the tree and they're, they're actually buying pajamas for our veterans who are in the hospital or a shaving kit, you know, for a veteran who's in the hospital or an adult coloring book. Um, so you can buy those um, on our website, wisconsinpva.org, and look for ways to support. And we have an Amazon wish list. We have a Walmart wish list. Um, people who want to donate that way can simply buy those items, you know, for the hospitalized veterans. Um, Amazon Smile is a great program where if you... If you're an Amazon shopper, you just simply choose Amazon Smile and choose Paralyzed Veterans of America Wisconsin chapter as your charity of choice, and we receive a 5% donation every time every time you shop. Um, so we love that. If you want to be a monthly donor like me, um, not only do I volunteer, but I donate monetarily as well every month. Um, I donate to the chapter, um, and we love our monthly givers. So please join me in, in, in being a monthly giver. Um, if you want to do a one-time donation or a recurring donation, we support either um, either venue. Um, you, don't you have some endorsed products as well? We do. We do. We, uh, we've linked up with a, a really good coffee company here in Wisconsin, uh, Barris Brothers Coffee. If you're not familiar with them, I encourage you to become familiar with them. They have many, many, many flavors of coffee. Uh, my favorite is the Highlander Grog um, coffee, which is a flavored coffee in uh, gets me going in the morning. Uh, it's a veteran-owned coffee company here in Wisconsin, and if you purchase uh, their products through our website, we get a percentage of those sales as well. Um, doesn't change how much you're paying. It just we're getting a, a little bit of money from the company. We also have adaptive uh, products 
that we feature on our website, uh, adaptive drinking tools, eating tools, cutting tools, grab bars, things like that for someone who needs a little bit of adaptation at home to be safe at home and independent at home. And those products, too, we also receive a little bit of commission on those, if you will. Nice. Well, okay, you've told us all these great ways that people can get involved. They can volunteer. They can become members. They can donate. What's the best place for them to go to get all this information? Right at our website. We are, we're very proud of that website. We've put a lot of work into it, and hopefully we can answer just about every question you have at wisconsinpva.org. If not, if, if, um, if, if you don't find what you're looking for, please call the office at 414-328-8910. Okay, wonderful. Well, Scott Griffith, Relations Director, Treasurer, Board Member, <laughs> Volunteer <laughs> Extraordinaire from the Paralyzed Veterans of America Wisconsin Chapter. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome, and it has been a pleasure. Uh, and I'd also like to thank Karen, Sharon Rohde from WASA, Wisconsin Adaptive Sports Association. Thank you both for all the ways that you help physically disabled individuals and their families. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or if you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262 691 3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 for Milwaukee's philanthropic community where you'll learn about some great people like Scott and Sharon and the great things that they're doing in our community. You can tune in uh, a number of different ways, either at AM 1130 on your radio, you can go to newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. I encourage you to visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows or you can now listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. If you know of someone who has a physical disability, share what you learned today with them. Let them know about the resources available with both the Wisconsin Adaptive Sports Association and Paralyzed Vets of America. I think it's important that we open our mouths and just let people know about all the wonderful, great resources that are here. Advocacy is, is very important. We at Ellen Becker host a uh, veteran appreciation event every year uh, where we thank the veterans for their service, and we, live, uh, we let them have an opportunity to share what they do. Absolutely. Even non-vets can participate in our programs. So if you have a question, please call us. Absolutely, absolutely. We've talked a bit about collaboration between nonprofits, but that collaborative approach goes for the nonprofit and the community as well. So partner with a nonprofit that speaks to what you're passionate about and together make it a priority to make a difference in some way. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.